Hello and welcome to another episode of We Watched Watchmen. This is the show where we come to you guys and talk to you about the most recent episode of HBO's Watchmen. Episode 6 just dropped a couple of days ago and we are chomping at the bit to discuss it. And actually, uh, you know, I'm joined by Kale as per usual. I've been chomping those nostalgia pills so I'm reliving this episode constantly. Also, I'm in a coma, so well, that's, everything's great. My life is great. That's wild. Uh, but also, joining us for this episode is Marco. Oh, special guest! He really wants to be the special I guest. I really do so. want to be the special guest. Kale, uh, <laughs> if, if you can hear me, talk. We got the, we got the asshole. All right, he's good. <laughs> Dude's face is on, on the, the logo. <laughs> And it takes him two-thirds of the whole season to show up. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Marco, of course, as is Kale and myself, regulars on the Comics Pals Proper podcast, which you guys can listen to every single Monday. It drops, and we talk about you know comics, we talk about comic book movies, all that jazz. This is a separate spinoff podcast because we were dying to talk Watchmen, but there's just not enough time to do that on the main show so here tick we are. tock tick tock tick tock tick tock <laughs> and what a doozy of an episode episode six this extraordinary being is and was i am very very excited to talk about this episode i'm gonna throw this out there right now uh this episode was easily my favorite yep. of the show same and we've been ta- a lot of people have been talking about Whoa, what's the best episode of television from this decade? I would put this up there hmm. for that conversation. Uh, I don't know about that, but I'm there with you on this show. <laughs> I I think I la- like last the last episode better. Well, you're on crack, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like I like the one without all the racial violence, said the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick before we dive into everything marco since you're joining us here um just real fast i want to get your thoughts on the how the season has been unfolding so far and what you expected coming into the show yeah so i've been watching it with uh mariana and it has been very enjoyable because she doesn't have a lot of the background so it's it was to me relieving to, to an extent to see the show be able to deliver pieces of information to us and the way that they are translated from the actual book to the show um, so that's been really exciting to see one because i have that background knowledge but then with mariana even though she doesn't she's able to experience it and enjoy it and understand it which i think is the the best part because i thought that or my, one of my biggest fears coming into this was that the show was going to be really like too complex and, and too sort of out there because it was trying to tie too many things together. But I think mm-hmm. it's done the opposite. It sort of has expanded out. And because it was, it's expanded outside of the circle that it's in, it's been able to sort of manipulate the, the story, the, those story threads into its own sort of larger, grander story, which I really appreciate. So honestly, the, 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 this episode, the season and the show has been unfolding perfectly for me. Like every every episode, I think has been stronger than the last, mm. uh, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one because 
by far this was my favorite episode like easily awesome i'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts and uh and i I can't wait to talk so let's just get it let's just get into it this was the episode where um of course angela swallowed all the nostalgia pills of her grandfather will reeves and you know it was teased last episode that she was going to be going on this memory down memory lane of her grandfather and that's exactly what we got here but the episode opens up with a very interesting scene that actually has a lot more going on at least in my mind than is obvious uh so we see uh hooded justice being you know interrogated by these two guys who you know i don't know if they're gangsters or fbi or whatever the hell's going on with them they could be cops but uh basically they know he's gay and they want him to go into Captain Metropolis's, um, you know, uh, safe and grab a video of him having sex with Jed Gerhoover. Uh, so they want to take a picture of him as, you know, collateral blackmail, just in case he doesn't go do what they want him to do. Kel, you have a face. I don't think that's what happened. Okay. I think these guys were police, and they were, uh, because he was a costume vigilante, they were trying to get him to reveal his identity as a, a matter of uh similar to you know uh the civil the superhuman civil whatever in civil war they i i i think they were just goading him into being angry because they knew he was gay and he was having sex with captain metropolis because of because i think they imply that he has photos in his safe as well as photos with other boyfriends. Mm, well, so I have two thoughts on this, but uh, Sean, can can you go? Because I think I think you were going to continue on something. Well, yeah, I mean, they literally said what I just said, though. They said they almost verbatim said what I just said. I mean, my, they, my I, I mean, they said what I said too. I, like, <laughs> no, they didn't. They said, Captain Captain Matrop, we know who you're banging. Uh-huh. Captain Metropolis has a safe. Inside of it is uh, se- uh, sex stuff, is what they said. Uh-huh. And we want to take a picture of you so that you will be uh, inclined to go get what's in that and bring it here to destroy it. And when you do that, we'll destroy this picture of you. Because he was having uh-huh. sex with J. Edgar Hoover. And they didn't want that to ever come out. They were working for Hoover. Okay, so they, uh-huh. were, okay, so they were FBI agents. They were, they, it was never, yeah, like, there was something. Yeah. It was never okay. f- disclosed, but yeah, that yeah, was yeah. what they were okay. interested okay. in. Okay. Okay. Marco, what were you going to say, or should I continue? Uh, continue. Okay. So, he takes off his mask, and of course, underneath the hood is a white, anonymous dude who beats the crap out of these guys, and of course, we pull back and we see that the cops are watching the television show. Uh, American, whatever, hero, hero story. Hero, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that was an important backdrop for the rest of the episode. And we'll talk about exactly why a little bit later. But when I first saw that scene, I was like, okay, not really seeing why this is relevant at all. But we get bombshells later. We mm-hmm. got bombshells later. So we go on this trip with Angela. We see Will's life. And this was just unbelievable to me. This whole story 
that they that they expertly crafted for this character. Watchmen, the comic, we talked about this uh, last week, was so well known for uh, how well it took those singular issues and told a very focused story based on one character's life mm-hmm. and kind of how they got to this point. And there was always like some sort of way in which that explained or added more context to the larger narrative. And obviously, Will Reeves is an extremely important character to the show, but we didn't know exactly how. And now we have a much clearer picture of that. But just the storytelling alone, I think this episode is one of the best I've ever seen, just just strictly from the storytelling perspective. Yeah, it was was fascinating. Uh, I think the... The one thing that to me stood out as being probably the strongest was its its ability to like foreshadow within the episode itself, like um, the the first scene where he's getting the the medal and it's just beware of the Cyclops and then Cyclops yeah. just permeates through the rest of the episode and and you you were kind of sitting there and you're just kind of just like oh okay yeah you know whatever that was that was an interesting warning but like nothing really goes on until you finally get like a symbol and you're kind of just like well that was weird but you're not really tying everything together necessarily it was just yeah it was it was just awesome the, the way it introduced a lot of mystery the way it introduced its characters um and i really love the way that it it, it swapped from angela to to william like yeah. the, the ways that it would do that at like specific moments it was really cool just spectacular what i also like is their restraint in when they did and didn't uh use that particular device when when they when angela was being uh william yes Um, i think there were several moments that they could have used to to really punctuate a moment in a a distasteful way um and and i was very glad they didn't yeah i totally agree um i was a little worried that it would be too too prevalent um, but uh, they, they really made great choices with mm-hmm. that device all around. And one of the things that this show does, especially in this in this episode, um, it, it really like there were there were scenes where people would be talking, for example, when um, Will and June are speaking uh, and she says, you know, tell me the story of how you met me. Right. And you can see it happening in the background as he's talking and, t- and explaining what it is. And I just love the way that that was done. Like, it just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, we saw this already, but I want to see it again, you know? And I want to see him telling this as well. I want to see his face. I want to see her face. So much to it. And I just love the way that they that they handled that. But the first big revelation that we get is that, um, well, I guess that actually comes way later, but whatever. June... <laughs> who is Will's girlfriend in the in the episode, is actually the little girl mm-hmm. that he uh, actually rescues. That was mind-blowing. That was yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah, I, I wasn't... I, I was surprised by that, but it... I don't know, it didn't... I guess it didn't do a ton for me. I kind of just went, oh, okay. Weird that they stayed together that long, but cool. Yeah, I was sort of somewhere in the middle. Like I, when I when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, oh." And I was like, "Huh." I'm trying to figure out how this sort of affects it outside of you know, obviously her 
then giving birth to Angela, but um, she didn't give birth the, to Angela or the 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 father, Angela's right? Father, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I would have thought he would have, you know, young William would have considered that baby a sibling, but clearly that's not what happened. Well, maybe it is. Whoa. <laughs> So the reason why that struck so important to me is because of the the metaphor, I guess, of who this character is, you know, and, and what his whole backstory is. He is this world Superman. Hmm. His whole story begins in 1939, right? That's the same year Superman debuted. Uh, uh, Black Wall Street was essentially a home, a haven for black people where they were thriving, right? And then it gets destroyed. His parents Mm -hmm. send him off and he ends up elsewhere, right? The same way that Superman's parents send him away from Krypton and he ends up on Earth. June and Will are the survivors of Krypton and they stick together throughout everything that goes on. They leave uh, Tulsa end up here, you know, I assume, presumably here in New York, mm. um, together, and they're fighting against all odds because they're the only survivors of this, you know, essentially dead world. And so I love that, that he's not alone in this, um, you know, whatever he's going through, which is a lot. Uh, but yeah, for me, that added a lot of additional context, her, her being that, that child. Mm. Uh, but as we move forward, he's a cop, right? And he's a cop in a, a very racist, uh, an insidiously racist force. I loved the fact that he was a cop. Yeah. This this show has been playing with identity a lot. And this episode got into the weeds mm. about mm. identity. He's a cop on a force that doesn't care about black people, but he's black. Right. So when he's wearing that costume, he's erasing himself Mm -hmm. because he can't be black and and, you know, care about black issues and whatnot and be a cop. We saw that clear as day. He couldn't arrest that white dude who was doing arson because Mm -hmm. that ended up getting him hung. You know, he couldn't care about that. He had to let shit like that go. He's also, you know, well, this is a, this is, this is the biggest thing ever was that he was hooded justice. Mm. Did you guys see that coming? Yes. Yes. Think you and I talked about that kill. Yeah. I, did I say it or did you say it? I can't remember. I think we were mutually on the same page. Like, I don't think either one of us initiated the idea. I think we just, we just were like, yeah, I think that's the case. Okay. That might be Uh, where it's going. Yeah. 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 So I said it. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we 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 read that, I th- I still think that was a cool revelation. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, yeah, and I like I like the way it all went down for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that opens up a lot of doors because him being hooded justice, it like this is the brilliance of this show. If you read Watchmen right now. Knowing that it doesn't change the story, yeah, it just ex- go ahead, Marco. Sorry, I was just gonna say I I went back to to the book. Like 
I'm like, all right, I just picked it off my shelf, and I'm like, I'm I'm trying to go back to see, like, are there any indicators, any sort of markers that maybe like maybe this was an understanding that the HBO people had gotten that maybe I'd missed. So I was trying to like like comb the pages, be like, you know, are there any indications, any hints? Um, and to that, there weren't necessarily. So it kind of just fits into this structure, right? The same the right. same way that like Wade growing up in Jersey, getting affected by the psychological wave, works within the context of the story, but you don't necessarily have to be beholden to what came before yeah exactly this show has done such an amazing job of not trampling and and really just respecting Watchmen, Mm. but you know adding its own pieces to it there was a headline i saw i think it was from polygon uh i didn't read the article specifically because i hadn't seen the the episode yet but it was it was basically something to the effect of Watchmen. the show changed everything by changing nothing and I was right. like, yo, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that headline as well, and it's it's completely true. Yeah. So, But the way that he was able to keep this lie up, right? He um, June has the bright idea of uh, painting his eyelids and the portions of his face that would be exposed by his mask to be white. Mm-hmm. He's wearing white face, right? Like, I'm upset. <laughs> like think about the, the implications of, of something like that he had to again erase his identity in order to live the life that he wanted to live he wanted to be a hero and in order to do that he had to erase his blackness that that's huge um and again it goes it goes back to the identity conversation that this show's been having the entire time that's a great point because like i hadn't I had separated the the ideas of him being like obviously it was the the dichotomies of you know him being black and a police officer those things don't mesh him being a superhero and him just having a home life those two don't mesh but like y- you hit on that like intersection point kind of thing and it was just like oh okay like not not only can he not even be a hero he can't even be a hero as the person that he even is there like right. it's like a level under that level under like a level exactly i love that and then the level there's another level below that which is that he's also gay yeah or at least he is you know attracted to and willing to have a relationship with captain metropolis who you know comes to realize that he is hooded justice but he doesn't just realize that within the conversation where he's trying to recruit hooded justice into the minutemen who again, Hooded Justice inspired the men. Men imagine if they knew he was black, right? Mm. Um, they have this, you know, moment where they touch hands, and even before that, you know, the way that that Captain Metropolis was speaking, it's very obvious that he knew that he was gay. He could feel it, and him being closeted was the same. It, 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 I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's it echoes. Him also having to hide his blackness when he's mm. wearing his other costumes. Sure. Those two things were on par with each other. Mm. And the way that the episode was written was so expertly because when they were talking to each other, it's like, well, what the hell are you talking about? You're talking about me being gay. You're talking about me being, you know, uh, black. Like, there's so many layers. And I loved that. I love that. It's so expertly written, this episode. I gotta say that that the the parts about Captain Metropolis and and uh, Will Reeves 
Captain Metropolis' name is uh, Nelson Gardner. Yeah. Um, that those parts bugged me, and maybe it's because you know I I know Sean, you watch it a couple of times before we do this show. Yeah. I only watch it the once, and then I come into the recording. Um, it just didn't. It felt very like all of a sudden to me. Like it, like I saw them touch hands, and I went, "Oh, okay." And yeah. then all of a sudden they were having sex and it was just like where did this come from <laughs> if the subtleties of the conversation are there and i just missed it fine but like yeah there was n- i didn't see anything more than that hand touch and it felt very uh abrupt yeah i <clears throat> I, I felt it the same way. I I thought like the the scenes following were maybe you know a couple weeks or months into it, and they get to know each other or something. Like I I, I felt I felt the same way. That it was just like oh they just touched hands and then you know some guys got to you know like whatever. But uh, I I I kept it in the realm of time has passed and we just didn't see it necessarily. They just kind of told us. You could see it that way, but if you listen to the conversation. Uh, which again, I, I do have the benefit of having seen it twice, so you know mm. that helps. Mm. Uh, it's very clear that there's sexual tension. Uh, Captain Metropolis says to him, "I think that Captain Metropolis and Hooded Justice might have more in common." Yeah, than yeah, yeah. He might realize, and June even had a look on her face mm. when this conversation was going down, which. Leads me to a theory. I believe June knew he was gay. I believe June knew that Will was gay. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that conversation had a lot of sexual undertone, and I encourage you to check it out again because I think you'll find it if you uh, if you pay a little more attention. Not that you weren't paying attention, just you know, it's a lot happening. Yeah. At once. Right, right, right. Yeah. I had kept it in um, the realm of just like they're still talking about the hero shit. Mm. exactly and that's the crazy thing about this episode is that you can take every conversation so many different ways but the reason why that stood out is because now there's this big question on our hands and I want to know if you guys are seeing it like this too who's writing this show the the American Hero Story show Mm. because who's the person who's writing that show is extremely important so Pedipedia says, Petey thinks the show inserted the homosexuality to be more open, to, to be more inclusive. But he says it's bull, that they were not gay, that no one would even know such a thing. But we know from the comic and the show that Hooded Justice never touched Lori sexually. That was all a PR stunt, their mm. relationship. And no one knows what he looks like under the mask. In the show, the, 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 the show within the show, we clearly see he's white. At the start of this episode, he's a white dude. Mm-hmm. That's why I said that stood out so much and was so important because we know now Hooded Justice is not white. Mm-hmm. So the person who, who's writing the show knows he was gay, knows he had a relationship with Captain Metropolis, but doesn't know that he's black or is covering it up. So who's that? On on the thing that I was gonna bring up towards the beginning, the the scene right before we transition back to Laurie trying to bring Angela out of the the nostalgia thing, right? That scene, uh, where he 
he's in the grocery store store or whatever happened in real life but it happened yes. on the show also yes but it right? was different but it was different right because i i think i don't think that the person necessarily knows who the person who hooded justice was but i think even in uh, even in watchmen it was understood that hooded justice there was something going on with him and captain metropolis was there not like was that not an understanding anyway so i think i think the thing about and I, i'm going back through pdpedia now i think the thing about uh american hero story is that quite a bit of the hooded justice parts are based on hollis mason's stuff mm-hmm. uh under the hood uh which we have sections of in watchmen um and i i believe if i remember correctly i believe that's where we hear uh the rumors for the first time that hooded justice and captain metropolis were gay it's implied um but the show obviously extrapolates upon that so is the show is the show just fiction based on a true story or what I think, according to uh, Pedipedia, the show is based on one man's uh, views of what happened. One man's views of history. But but is that man Hollis Mason? Yes. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, But at any rate, I, I just thought it was really interesting that the show got in, got so much right but then didn't have any of this other context of of what will reeves slash hooded justice life was really like um but moving forward you know we learn that the minutemen don't care at all about what it is that will reeves is really there for Mm. the only reason he even joined the team was to try to take down cyclops and they didn't care about that he gets interrupted by Captain Metropolis when he's giving his trying to tell the public about this, you know, conspiracy. And then when he finally, you know, realizes what the hell hap- what is really going on and he calls his 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 friend, his ally, he's not interested. He tells him the Minutemen don't solve those kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the Cyclops folder, was that in Jeff's... Um, was that in his drawer alongside with like his his uh his hood and cape? Uh, Judd. 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 Oh, did I say what did I say? Jeff. Uh, oh. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Because because Lori Lori comes in like before Angela or like after Angela and takes something else. And I was trying to remember if it was the I, I didn't get a chance to go back to look, so I wasn't I wasn't sure. I mean, I don't, I don't remember, but I have a hard time believing that that would be the case, just because I don't see how he would acquire something like that. And if so, I don't think it would have been uh, Hooded Justice's Cyclops folder. It would have been. I, I, I think the uh, just going by what you're saying, I think it would have been probably, and by the show's logic, it would have been his own family's. Okay. Mm. So. Hooded, hooded justice again has to shove down his identity to be a part of these Minutemen. They don't care about the mission. They're not interested in any of that crap. And it's this show's way of sort of 
I don't want to use the word deconstruction as overused, but it's a co- it's commentating on superheroes in a more cynical, negative light, similar to the Watchmen, Watchmen itself, comic. Yeah. But it's doing it from a completely different angle that the comic completely just missed and didn't have an interest in really talking about. These heroes were heroes, right? They're beating people up and everything, and they're saving lives. But there's an ego element to it. You know, there's a fame element to it uh, that they enjoy. But when it really comes down to the brass tacks, they had biases and they were, um, you know, bigoted in a way that meant meant that they didn't care about the, the issues of race. It wasn't intriguing to them. It wasn't worth suiting up for. And that's exactly what that would be like. You know, if we're talking for talking the 19... 19- 40s you know come on yep yep <laughs> yeah, yep that 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 part i loved i love how this show doesn't shy away from that stuff and this episode was an episode where they grab you by the shoulders they force your face into the muck and they keep you there mm. because they want you to con- be confronted by the worst parts you know will reeves life was awful in this regard, he was an angry man because of what happened to him, what he what he had to witness as a young child. And then, you know, in, in the in the most important sequence of the entire episode where he he goes to uh, this this movie theater. Right. And, and, and black people have now turned on each other and are killing each other, mm. which is entirely reminiscent of the black Wall Street murders that we saw at the beginning of the show. <laughs> the clan has has developed a way to get around themselves being exposed. Mm-hmm. They're they're using mind control tech to make black people kill black people. Yo, I that was kind of cool, but like <laughs> it's fucked up to say that, but that was kind of cool. Like it was cool. Like the mesmerism was like, yo, that's genius. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was awesome. And and it's some it's again like something that, yeah, it doesn't exist, right? Like most likely that's not real. But <laughs> he said, you know, as we all sit in front of a black mirror, <laughs> watching this, uh, you know, reflection of our society. Oh, no, no, that's not real. No, 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 no. But but like it's the kind of thing where if you told me like, listen, actually, dude, this has been real for a really long time. <laughs> like, all right. Sure, fine. And that's what I love, too, about the Watchmen world in general, but also this show, is that they present you with things that, like, it's a little bit of a stretch, but not that much of a stretch. They say that's what uh, uh, some of the deep conspiracy theories about the um, the Aurora shooting, Yeah, uh, yeah. that that guy was a project of something very similar. His dad was a... Uh, scientist on something and i've heard every stew i live for all of that okay i uh <laughs> i don't live for it i hear it <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no that 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 whole sequence was just heartbreaking because obviously now there's loss of life that's awful but will reeves who's our focal point character come on imagine the trauma of having to see something like that again mm. you know it's a different it's it's a di- it's different, but it's the same. And the show deliberately, you know, 
puts those two things together by showing us flashbacks and, and whatnot of, you know, him him watching the fire, the burning of, of uh, in, the burning in Tulsa. Mm. Um, just, just awful. Really uh, impacted me personally. To have to see him see that again. Yeah. Yeah. But he he takes matters into his own hands. Now he's not a child, uh, a defenseless child. Now he's a man. Now he's a man armed with a gun. And I loved that it was the mechanism. It was the thing that they gave him. Mm. The thing, the thing that they gave him was the very same thing that he used to shut them down. It was a gun. And not only not only the gun, but he was in his policeman's uniform. He yes. was wearing the the clothes and the badge that they gave him. Right. Yes. And the hood. The hood that became huh. his symbol, but it was also the hood that um, he, uh, you know, became, became Hood of Justice. He, uh, that also, that, this just came to me, that uh, his whole uniform was very reminiscent of uh, Bass, Bass Reeves, the the hero in the film. He's the black lawman of Oklahoma. Absolutely. He was inspired by that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then inspired again by the lieutenant who was the, the black lieutenant that presents him with his, um, his badge. His own badge. So mm-hmm. he took those two... You know, heroic figures, one real, one not, and created himself out of that. You know, that's his whole identity. Mm. And I, I just I just love that. And then this final moment that I wanted to call out from this sequence is that after he burns down the warehouse, he takes off his mask. Now, for me, that made me think about the scene where Laurie is talking to Angela in the car way back, uh, I think two episodes ago. And she tells her, well, uh, heroes put on a mask because they want to hide themselves from their trauma. They can't face their trauma, so they put masks on and go beat people up. And so to me, when he took his mask off, that was symbolically saying, you know, I have, Mm -hmm. like, cleansed myself. By being able to fight back against the same thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, that gave me all this trauma, I'm healing. Um, and it's, it's, it, it's, that's what I got out of it. Yeah. He, he takes off the face he's, he's had to wear. Yes. Well, yeah. And he, he also, I think in that moment, he also becomes his hero, Bass Reeves. Yes. Uh, and, and I mean, you, you can plainly see that he's got a mustache. He's got the, you know, he's in the, the policeman's uniform and he, he, you know, I, I think it, <laughs> depending on your point of view he try you know he try he triumph he triumphs yeah you know he pulls off the mask because he won uh you know what that victory was to him you know is up up in the air i think but mm-hmm. i i saw it the same way um and i love that sequence marco we've talked a lot on this show kale and i have about you know the trauma that all these characters have had to undergo in their in their lives and stuff like that. And it was so awesome to see sort of the character who this all starts with. I mean, Will Reeves is the earliest character that we're introduced to. Um, to see him 
have his moment of triumph where he overcomes his pain. It makes me feel like there may be hope for Angela. Yeah. Maybe Lori. Yeah. I I think especially Angela, given the sort of the trajectory we're going with her character, um, you know, and especially now that she has this extra content, context and like information, like how she can sort of use that to, to inform whatever she's going to do next or whatever like the group decides to do next. Yeah. Why do you guys think that June was so upset with Will that she was willing to leave him and take take their son? Yeah, I didn't I didn't follow that because it seemed it maybe it was just something to do with like his life again, you know, like like she she couldn't handle that and so she would rather leave that. I don't know. It it wasn't explained very well to me. I don't think. I think I think and this this I think sort of speaks to sort of my overall view of of the narrative that were presented with hooded justice outside of the the racism parts and and you know even the 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 sexuality parts is a fairly standard vigilante origin. Something happened to a dude and he gets beat up and decides he needs to go beat up some other dudes to make up for it and so he helps a crew in an alley and eventually he gets so obsessed with the 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 vigilante lifestyle that he's not there anymore and so his wife leaves him and what's his life and you know not that not that the addition of of the 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 other angles of the story don't make it unique I guess I was for me. I think there was I was hoping a little for a little bit more in this episode than just that narrative. Okay. Yeah, I actually thought it was because he was gay. Yeah. So yeah. So in the scene where they're laying in bed, that's that's we see that scene just after the scene where he's laying in bed with mm-hmm. uh, Captain Metropolis, mm-hmm. and she tells him. Tell me the story of how you met me. And he does, and we get to see it. And uh, she says, don't ever make me cry again. You know, I'm pregnant. I felt like she knew then that he was gay. And that she wanted him to cut that out so they could just have a family. We clearly see that that doesn't happen. We see the, 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 the way that they, you know, move forward with time. He's sitting in his chair, putting his makeup on, taking it off while she's pregnant with the baby is born. Then after that, the baby is like four years old and so on and so forth. And he's still in his chair. Obviously, there's a, a great degree of distance between them. And you could look at it from the perspective of, you know, he's just in his mode of being hood of justice. But I, I, I think that's true. But I also think he was not. Him being gay and him being able to live his, not dream, but, you know, what he wants to do with his life, which is to be a hero. I think that those two things meant that he didn't have any time for her. Mm-hmm. I think that um, she was angry that he was gay. She tells him, you know, I wanted you to do this so that you could get over whatever it is that you're that, that you're going through. But I see now that it only made it worse. And I felt that that was a double entendre. I felt that you could see that as being about his pain and anger, that maybe it would be cured by his 
vigilantism, but I also see it as um, if she if she embraced him in his pain, that would bring them closer together. Even though he does have this other side of him, this gay side of him, that you know obviously creates a, a gap between them. That's how I saw it, but I may be overreading. I I mean I I I think that all is probably part of his hooded justice persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I I. I... Uh, to what we said earlier like the ways you can sort of take it i took it in that you know the the vigilantism is 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 sort of addressing the pain that he's had and has been carrying and that hopefully she thought you know that would help him get through it but ultimately didn't um but you know again you can you can the way that this show reveals stuff you can take it either way Mm. yeah yeah absolutely uh, Kale, you you seem to be not as high on this episode. Can you speak to why? Well, I think I think it's uh, you know uh, what I was saying about the the narrative was it didn't it didn't work as well for me. I think, and it it could be you know I need to watch uh, another time or two to kind of catch what you're. Uh, whatever it was you saw but i also i think i was really enthralled by the beginning of the episode uh or the beginning of the 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 memories where stuff was really weaving in and out of each other and you know the we were really playing around in the memory space Uh, but then as you progress through the episode it it to me it really felt like that faded away and we got into just more of a regular story that works both good and bad. Uh, but for me, I think I was hoping for more of more of the 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 memory play of you know the the cinematics and and the the various weird transitions and different things like that. I think I got my hopes up about this episode more than more than anything else. Hmm. Okay, I came in with higher expectations. I think is a better, mm. right. uh, a better way to put it. So the last revelation that we got, because once everything ends with like um, you know the past stuff, we see Will sitting in his wheelchair, and Judd has come. This is you know in current times, Judd has come, and Will's flashing that light at him. And we now understand exactly what that is. That's the mind control. Device. Yeah, he flashed that at Angela uh, when they first met. So he makes Judd hang himself. Mm-hmm. Now we know how he did it, and I love that. But there was important dialogue there too. Somehow, Will knows that Judd had a uh, Ku Klux Klan, you know, outfit. Somehow, he knows that. And Judd says, you know, whatever you think you know about me, you don't know anything. I'm trying to help you people. Mm-hmm. Yikes. You people. Right? <laughs> he sure said that. <laughs> and then he says about the about the hood, it's my legacy. It's my grandfather's. It's my legacy. I have a right to keep it. I I really. What 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 was Judd? Who was Judd really? Who is Senator Keen? Are they racist? racist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Judd, uh, yo, I don't know, man. 
I, and and what's scary, I think, and and what I think those characters serve is sort of like a realization that the the presentation and the the visibility of racism has changed. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just like mm-hmm. it just nods its head at the complexity of what it really is nowadays. But I mean, I don't know, dude. I I I don't get the angle. I don't know what side they're coming from. It, it doesn't sit. I I mean, I think it's exactly what you say. I think it's that, you know, no, of course they're not racist. They're not going out hanging people from trees and parading around in these robes and killing black people whenever they want. Of course they're not racist. They're helping you people. Come on. <laughs> and and for that to be revealed in this episode, the same episode where we see Will get hung for doing the right thing, it adds a whole other layer to that conversation because, yeah, we haven't seen ever Judd do anything, you know, untoward to any black person, but he has the symbols of racism. Mm-hmm. And in a in a moment where he's not talking to someone he knows, he was always great with Angela, right? In mm-hmm. a moment where he's not talking to someone he knows, then we hear the you peoples and everything else. He was obviously working with the Seventh Cavalry, in yeah. my opinion, right? Yep. Kale, do you agree? I I I mean the show doesn't say it, but when it does, I won't be surprised. Because like, I feel like Keen said something to that effect. I can't. Uh, In the last episode, when he was talking to Wade. How about Judd? I'm not. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. He, he says he says that he and Judd were trying to keep the peace. Right. I think okay. he impl- he he yes. implies it. Yeah. Or at at the very least, implies that they're working toward the same goal. So even if he's not necessarily 7th Cavalry, he's working alongside Keen and knows what Keen is. Well, Keen, Keen and uh, uh, Judd's, their families also know each other from way back as well. Yes, which oh, we do they? learned from PDPedia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, um, that... That makes it so difficult to dissect these characters. And, you know, look, in real life, if if you're a white person, you probably have a family member who says things that are a little bit off. And it's like, damn, how do you feel about this person? You know, you're not a racist, but you love your granddad, you know, or you love your uncle or whatever. They say some weird stuff sometimes. And I like it just we love Judd. You know, we enjoyed Judd on the show. He seemed like a good dude. You know, he loved Angela. He clearly loved Angela. I don't doubt that. But there's this other side to him that makes it complicated. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? You know, Um, I just love that the show's presenting that. Yeah. And to what end? You know, I don't know. I have no clue. But it's making me think about things that I might not think about on a typical day. So I'm glad for that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, you're right. I'll never forget the first time someone pretty close in my family said to me, Oh, does that offend your delicate sensibilities? (laughs) Okay. All right. One thing I'll say about the show uh, that I hope many people are getting out of it is that, you know, a reminder that Nazis and, and, and Klansmen are bad people. I hope that's the message coming across. <laughs> I turned to Miranda. I'm like, look, 
they're being portrayed as the enemy. Racism, racism is bad, guys. Whoa! Or at least the iconography is. To whatever oh, extent. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. The, the act is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, yes. But the show also shows us people who are willing to compromise and people who are not. Yeah. Let's say that Judd is not racist, okay? He's and, and let's say Kane's not racist. They're still willing to work with racists to get to the goal of peace. That's what they want. They want peace, ultimately. At least that's what they say. But Will doesn't care. He's not willing to compromise ever at all. Neither is Angela. I compared Angela to Rorschach in the last episode. They're the same in that regard. Lori is not willing to compromise either. Wade was. Wade made a deal with Keen in the last episode. If Angela were in that room, she would have pulled out a gun. Or she would have tried to kill him or she would have done something. Because she's not standing for that. And so, it's it's... To, in my mind, it's less black and white uh, with some characters than it is with others. And I love that about the show. It's, it's, it, it presents complexity. So the last thing that happens, we see that Angela wakes up. She's in Lady True's, you know, I don't know, Boudoir. somewhere with Lady True. Yeah. No, probably, and um, probably just a room on her facility. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and she's awoken. So there's that. Uh, and next episode, we're going to see some more flashbacks from Angela's childhood. Uh, we're going to see how she how she gets transplanted from Saigon to Tulsa, which I'm looking forward to. God, what a... I, I leaned over I leaned over to Jess as we were watching that, because Cal makes an appearance as they're trying to pull uh, yeah. Angela out of this nostalgia coma or whatever. And he, he says, you know, in 1991 or something... Uh, you move from Saigon to Tulsa, and I went, "Ugh, God, why?" <laughs> Ugh. That's her home, man. Listen, Oklahoma was my home for a long time. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but did you ever go to Tulsa? Yeah, dog. Oh, okay. Tulsa ain't better. <laughs> <laughs> um so a couple of notes you know I want, this is normally the time we take to speculate a little bit will reeves nostalgia pills were made recently they're not old because angela is able to see how judd dies so they can't be old oh, if they're interesting oh yeah if they're memory pills, that the way Laurie explains them, how they work is they put these things on your brain that like extract your memories or whatever. Yeah, a thing on it your brain. <laughs> it couldn't extract no. memories from a time after they that process was done. So that means that it was done recently. Whose company does that? Lady True's. Mm. Memory. Uh, the nostalgia pills are outlawed. You're not allowed to have them anymore. She can still make them. So she made them for Will. Why? That's where I'm at. What if she's writing the show and needs his memories? Well, the memories were given to... We solved that mystery. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. 
the memories were definitely deliberately given to Angela, right? We know that. Right. Because they were in the, the car. So. No, she took them. They weren't in the car? They weren't in the. She she takes them from um, Will. And then she uh, she gets in the car before she goes elsewhere and i god i don't even remember fucking it's been so long but she i think she i'm pretty sure she had him the whole time well she didn't have the car the whole time no no no, the pills the whole time you're positive that the pills weren't in the glove compartment i think she did put them there but she pulled them out and then the car was taken hmm I, I think, no man no if they were if they were in the glove compartment then she never had them because the car was taken from her before she got in before she got in i think she took it while while she was rolling him there so okay so maybe she uh maybe they must have not have known that the, the pills were in there because i think she put them in there without will being in the car hmm. okay so then that so then that so then that question is open-ended then in terms of I think so they were made deliberately yeah they were they were made recently why we don't know why she took all of them so whatever purpose they were made for is now you know over you can't like they're, they're I mean they, they'd have to make more pills I guess I don't know yeah I was operating under the assumption that this was deliberately done but you just blew my mind so now I don't know and that's the final section of the podcast, so... <laughs> no update on Wade this episode. No. no. Do you think we get more next episode? Ooh. Um, there is a... Yes. There is a just a thing in PDPedia. It's, it's a throwaway line, but... Um, or maybe this could have been in the episode, actually. Uh, Blake says, and we gotta find, we gotta go find Wade because he turned on Angela too soon. Too and soon, I'm sure right. that motherfucker is working with the Seventh Cavalry. Yes, yes. That's in the PDPedia. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So we know we're gonna follow up there really soon. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Any other speculation bits or anything like that from you guys? Do you think they're leading up to. Like a season two tease, because I I feel like there's there's so much that we still have to address, and we only have two episodes. Three, we have three episodes, but we have less than three hours because each episode's like what forty five to wrap this story up. I don't believe. I think that... every episode. I think every episode's a full hour. About it's like fifty something minutes. But wait, is, is right. it not eight episodes? Or is it nine? It's nine. It's nine. It's nine. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't see how they they complete this story in the three-ish hours that are left. Mm. I think that we're getting a season two. Even though I specifically recall uh, Damon Lindelof saying that that was not in the plans. That he's set out to tell one season-length story and that's it. Hmm. So, we'll mm. see. Hmm. In the preview material, we see that Lady True is telling Angela about her plan to save the world. And that it starts in Tulsa. So we're going to get, finally, more information about that. 
and Ozymandias is standing trial for his actions in the last episode. So we're going to get more revelations about that. This was the first episode. We didn't even see him. Mm. So that's true. Lots of lots of interesting stuff going on. I'm very much looking forward to the next episode. But for me, this was one of the highlights of my television watching life. And I am so pleased that this show is about what it's about. What one thing that Watchmen never did was it never touched on race. And I think that not not very much. And I think that that's an oversight. It wasn't the story that Alan Moore set out to tell, so that's fine. Mm. But, um, you know, I love this as a companion piece to that because it adds a lot without taking anything away from the original material. So uh, hats off to the whole crew. I'm blown away by this show. Mm -hmm. I'm happy it exists. We're we're tossing around the idea of doing a Watchmen book club on the main show. And uh, it's going to be hard to separate the the show's hooded justice from uh the book's hooded justice and i don't know if i want to sure i mean it it really does add a whole nother layer to that character who really you know is important in watchmen but not at the same time yeah yep i think i think he's important sort of in the same way that like superman is important in that he was the first right and then it just kind of focuses watchman just kind of focuses on everyone else so i think that's going to do it for us here on we watched watchman thank you for listening really appreciate it hopefully you guys come back for next episode where we will be talking about all of the craziness that goes on in episode seven of this amazing television series uh again if you want to catch us talking about other stuff you can Follow us all over the internet at The Comics Pals. And if you have thoughts about this show and you want to discuss it, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Normally, we do a weekly podcast about comics, about comic book movies, etc. We cover the news. We talk about our favorite books. Deep dives like this are not uncommon around these parts, whether it's on the main show or our book club series. So you want to check out all of that if this kind of thing intrigues you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care, guys. See you next week. We watched Watchmen.